Welcome to Doctor Who's 50 and 50, episode 50. We are wrapping up our looks at some of the individual stories in the course of the series. Now, the stories I've been discussing were basically chosen by Bureau 42 readers. We asked our readers to vote on their favorite stories for each Doctor, their favorite stories for each of the companions or the allies, their favorite stories for each of the villains. And up to this point, there hasn't been a lot of representation from the Tom Baker era. That's because the other eras had a lot of spread decisions. So their favorite stories with each Doctor are not necessarily their favorite stories with those Doctor's companions or with the classic villains so we ended up hitting a fair variety of most of the Doctors. Now, Tom Baker had the longest run as the Doctor in terms of actual production time, so one would think he'd have the widest spread representation. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. We asked our readers to vote on their favorite Doctor, and that came back Tom Baker. We asked our readers to vote on the favorite Tom Baker story, and they chose Genesis of the Daleks. We asked our readers to vote on their favorite villain, they said the Daleks. Their favorite Dalek story was actually a tie between Genesis of the Daleks and Remembrance of the Daleks. We asked our readers to vote on their favorite companion, and they said Sarah Jane Smith. We asked for their favorite Sarah Jane Smith story, and they said Genesis of the Daleks. Favorite Davros story, Genesis of the Daleks. Favorite Harry Sullivan story, Genesis of the Daleks. So what basically happened is even though the Tom Baker era was the longest era, this story is the one that came out as the number one story of the era by every measure, by the villains, by the companions, by the Doctor, and that's why we've chosen to save it for the final episode of our podcast. It was just the winner every single time it appeared on one of the ballots. And there's a lot to like about it. As we've already said, this was in the Tom Baker era, so Tom Baker was the Doctor, and Sarah Jane Smith and Harry Sullivan were the companions. It originally aired as Story 78 during Season 12, running from March 8th to April 12th, 1975, in six parts, and this was Tom Baker's first year in the role. It gives us a pretty good look at the end of the Dalek Thal War that was already teased in the Daleks' first introduction as well. The basic storyline revolves around the Time Lords showing up to send the Doctor on another one of their quiet little side missions. And the Doctor's immediate reaction is, no, forget it, I'm sick and tired of being jerked around and told what to do. Forget it, and as he's walking away, the Time Lord just says, Daleks. And Tom Baker turns around and goes, okay, I'm listening. What do you need me to do? Which right there tells you the level of threat that the Doctor assigns to the Daleks. So the mission that the Time Lords are sending him on is to go back to the planet Skaro, which is the Daleks' homeworld before the Daleks were created, and find a way to preemptively destroy them, or when the Doctor pushes back at Genocide, at the very least, turn them into something that's less threatening and going to be easier to manage and you know, less of a danger to the entirety of existence. And that's something the Doctor is willing to do. Now, it turns out they pulled him out of the transmat beam because he wasn't in the TARDIS at this point. We have to go back to the Ark in space to see why. But basically, they pulled him out of where he was, planted him here. He doesn't have the TARDIS. He needs a time link bracelet to get back home. And he and his companions are stuck on Skaro in the peak of the Khaled Skaro War. And this is where we learn about the Khaleds for the first time. So the Daleks used to be humanoid until their lead scientist Davros genetically engineered them and pushed them into their final mutation because the Khaleds and the Daleks were in such a heated war that mutation was inevitable. So they figured rather than fight it, let's push it all the way to the limit, build ourselves some sort of mobility unit and weapons that work for that form and keep the Khaled civilization alive. And it's that form 
term that is the Daleks that we know to this day. Now, we get a lot of great stuff in this episode. We get the introduction of Davros. We get the interaction with the Time Lords. We get the history of the Daleks. We get great scenes for Harry, such as the landmine in the first episode. We get just a good story on top of all of this. And we also get a victorious ending that's not necessarily a victory. There is definitely some ambiguity here. And there's also some moral dilemma. I do like my science fiction not just to tell a good story, but to challenge preconceptions and challenge beliefs, and this does that well. The Doctor has a moment where all he has to do is touch two wires together, and he ends the Dalek race. Every one of the early Daleks is in one room. He's minded with explosives. The Daleks are not as mobile as they're going to be, so they're not the threat they're going to be, and he has that opportunity to wipe them out. But he stops, and he doesn't name Hitler by name, but he's asking Sarah Jane, you know, if you had the chance, someone took you back in time or took you to a point and they said, hey, this young, innocent baby is going to turn out to be one of the worst dictators of all time. Can you kill that baby? And he realizes this is the decision he has to make. The genocide will be on his head. And he's recognizing all the possible facets of it, and even the upsides. Yes, the Daleks are horrible, but how many races have united in friendship in fear of the Daleks? How much good has come out by people being forced to face off against the Daleks? And he's really not sure which step to take. And... Yeah, I'm not going to go into detail with how that comes out. You could probably guess some elements of it, but it's not exactly what you may expect. We get some great moments in the sun. We get that intellectual challenge. We get the good adventure story. We get the interaction with the Time Lords. I can see why this was voted as such a popular episode and a popular story by our readers. This is one of the points where it is fairly easy to jump on. As long as you know about the Doctor and the Companions, basically if you've listened to pretty much any of the 49 podcasts that come before it, you can start here and it will make complete sense. Now, as promised yesterday, today's podcast is actually a triple header, which is why we're calling it The Big Finish. Originally, Genesis of the Daleks was the only story we were planning to do. But since these were originally recorded, we've had confirmations that a couple of the previous stories will be a factor in The Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary special that comes out in some theaters in 3D and in worldwide broadcasts today. Since these stories are coming out of the classic series and have not yet been mentioned in the new series, we decided to take a couple minutes and fill in our readers and listeners on those as well. So the first story is Story 80, The Terror of the Zygons. By and large, I've been trying to avoid any and all spoilers for Day of the Doctor. I haven't even watched the TV spot that uses actual footage from this special. I'm trying to go in blind. I have been spoiled that the Zygons are a confirmed villain in this special. To this point, the Zygons have appeared once and only once in Terror of the Zygons, which was story number 80, also during the Tom Baker era. Now, the Zygons were aliens who'd crash-landed on Earth millennia ago. Their ship was just restored to power. That woke them up, and they were out there trying to terraform the Earth and turn it into a planet that they could live on. Now that they found out the rest of the Zygon race has been wiped out. And part of the mechanism for doing that was by angering and controlling the Loch Ness Monster. Now the thing that sets the Zygons apart relative to the other aliens that we've seen in the series is that they are shapeshifters. So these Zygons can take the form of anyone they have some contact with. In order to do that, they need that living host. So not quite the same as the Patient Zero that we saw in the 11th hour, but a pretty similar idea, where as long as there is a living host, they can tap into that consciousness, access their memories, and take their physical form. So that is what they were doing in the Scottish Highlands in story number 80. 
They were eventually defeated by the Doctor, as well as his companion, Sarah Jane Smith, as they managed to discover that these are shapeshifters out there, figure out what they're up to, and find ways to detect them, and to cut them off from their shapeshifting abilities, as well as destroying the vessel that they came in. So that particular group of Zygons should not be available as villains for the Day of the Doctor, not unless they fill in something about the way that their story ended that we were previously unaware of. So The Terror of the Zygons is an enjoyable story, and it was just released on DVD in early October of 2013, which should make it relatively easy to track down. Now, the second story that we're going to discuss here in this little addendum is story number 84, The Brain of Morbius. Now, in this story, there is a human scientist who's managed to take the brain of a Time Lord villain and the greatest Time Lord criminal of all time, apparently even worse than the Master, whose name was Morbius. He's got this brain alive and well in a jar, and he's trying to find a body to put it in, and he chooses the Doctors. Now, the Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith have crashed on Karn when they discover this. The Sisterhood of Karn is essentially a group of witches that are also on this planet. They are keepers of the Eternal Flame, and that flame helps them produce the Elixir of Life, which they use to maintain eternal life. They share some of it with the Time Lords, who use it only in sparing cases, regenerations gone wrong, that type of thing. Because the Time Lords recognize that eternal life is eternal boredom, and society doesn't change. There's no mention of the overpopulation problems that you can have with that as well. But I suppose when every member of your species is female, you don't really have to worry about that. So the Sisterhood and the Doctor do eventually join forces, not so much because they're allies, but it's more of the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of idea, when they are forced to stop Morbius and his followers, now that Morbius has had his brain implanted in a new body and is reanimated. Well, that's also an enjoyable episode. It is one where the available visual effects are very limited, and it is one of the ones where it's most difficult for current audiences to watch it and enjoy it today, just because the level of special effects do stand out quite a bit. But the Sisterhood was there, and they were pretty clearly established. I do find it somewhat amusing that the Sisterhood of Witches were ready to burn the Doctor at the stake in a little bit of a role reversal, and more than once, in fact. But it does establish the relationship between the Doctors and the Sisterhood, and that the Sisterhood do have this eternal life technology, in a sense, and that they do have enough familiarity with Time Lord physiology and regenerations that they are able to play the role in Night of the Doctor that they were able to play. The question I have is whether or not the Sisterhood of Karn are going to be in the Night of the Doctor only, or whether we're going to see them again. But if you've seen the Night of the Doctor special that we discussed yesterday, then you'll know the Sisterhood I'm talking about. The Brain of Morbius is their only appearance to date. And that wraps up our 50th and final podcast in the Doctor Who 50 and 50 series. So thank you for listening. I've had a good time going through all these episodes and discussing them with you guys. And come back to Bureau 42 tomorrow on a separate podcast feed if you're listening to the Doctor Who 50 and 50 feed. It'll be the same feed if you're listening through the Master Audio podcast feed. But tomorrow we are going to be kicking off our comic book podcast pilot season every day for the next two weeks. We are trying the first two episodes each of seven different podcasts. At the end of those two weeks, listeners can vote on which comic book podcast they'd like to see continue. So if you're interested in comic book podcasts, come back to Bureau42.com or keep listening to the Master Audio feed and follow us that way. In any event, this is the last episode of Doctor Who's 50 and 50, so thank you for listening.